Welcome to New Life's weekly podcast. New Life is a United Methodist congregation established in 2011 in McChesney Park, Illinois. Worship is Saturday at 5.30 p.m. with events ongoing. Check us out online at www.findnewlifeumc.org and sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. I'm your host, Mark Myers, pastor of New Life, as well as our sister congregation, Sherland United Methodist Church, and our cooperative on-site mission, The Paper Angel Closet. Thank you so much. This is an honor for me to be here tonight. It is a privilege to share this story. It is a story of love. It's a story of God's mercy. And through it, we have learned that prayer truly works. God answers prayer. This happened August 1st, 2004. My husband and I had just moved up from Denver, Colorado to the Seattle area. And... uh, We were reconnecting with some of our grown children that live up there, and my husband was wandering around with our youngest daughter at this park. It was in the Puget Sound area. And I decided to spare myself the heat from August and sat under a tree to find some shade. And at that moment, I I noticed this elderly gentleman coming down a hill to speak with me. And he put this book in my hand. I took the book and I said, well, thank you. And he says, I want you to know God loves you and everything's going to be okay. So I asked him his name and he said, my name's Bob. Okay. So he turned around and he hobbled back up the hill toward his car where his wife was waiting. And my husband and daughter saw this little transaction and they made their way back over to me. And he said, who was that? I said, his name is Bob. He gave me this book, so I put it in my shirt pocket and didn't think anything about it. But I did happen to look at my watch on that day, and that moment was 10 minutes after 2 in the afternoon. So we decided to leave the park, and we got in our car, and we were heading out. And about 10 minutes after this, I got a phone call. The caller at the other end said that my son had just been shot. He was the victim of road rage. So I asked the caller where they were taking him, and they said, Madigan Army Medical Center. It's off of Fort Lewis. So my husband turned the car around, and we raced over there to the gate. Being so close after 9-11, there was high security at all of these, uh, at the gates of Fort Lewis and McCord, and they typically don't let anybody through without going through the process of checking in at the main gate, which is a few miles down the road. Well, we happened to get there just after the ambulance had gone through. So when the guard at the gate saw that we didn't have any insignia on the car, I yelled, I I called out to him, and I said, my son was just shot, and he's on that ambulance. And so he just waved us right through. That wasn't supposed to happen. But I got to the ER just in time to see them working on my son and hooking him up to IVs and... He was covered with blood, and I managed to reach out, and I touched his leg and said, I love you, David. And they wheeled him through the double doors, and I didn't know if that was the last time I was ever going to see him alive. As we gathered in the waiting room, family started to arrive, and we were just sitting there, and no one knew what to do. We heard calls for units of blood going out every few minutes. It went on for hours. So... 
we were sitting there, and finally around 7 o'clock in the afternoon, the surgeon came out, and he said, Hi, my name is Dr. Mullinex. I just want you to know that before we even touched your son in the OR, we laid hands on him and we prayed over him. Everyone in that room were Christians. And this also being a Sunday, the typical staff for that ER was one doctor on and one doctor on call, and maybe a skeleton staff crew of nurses and aides. Well, that particular day, the, the base commander decided that he was going to have an impromptu training session. So this ER was loaded with every top specialist from across the country training these young medics before they were being deployed to Iraq. We had cardiologists, neurologists, we had thoracic surgeons in there. Everybody you can possibly gather in one place. It was standing room only in the ER. So he told me my son's injuries and he said, I don't want to sugarcoat this. We don't think he's going to make it. He has less than 25% chance to survive the night. So about 11.30, we were all sitting there. My son was still alive. And we decided we were just going to stay gathered for the evening until who knows what happened. And I remembered this little book in my shirt. So I pulled this pocket out, or out of my pocket, and I just flipped open this book. And it flipped open to Acts 1, verse 4. And it said, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. And I thought, Bob, what did Bob say? God loves you and that everything was going to be okay. I had to cling to that. It's the only thing I had to hold on to and to stand on. As it turned out, my son did survive the night. He had a few setbacks. He had a collapsed lung. He developed pneumonia. He was in a coma for two weeks, but he survived. And we started thinking that maybe this Bob was an angel. The, God, the Bible does talk about the fact that we entertain angels unaware. Um, so we decided to search for him. On the back of this book has an address. My husband tried to track him down. We thought, you know, of all of Washington, Idaho, Oregon, and Alaska, how difficult could it be to find a man named Bob? We just, so we tried, <laughs> and we couldn't find him. But then as time went on, we thought, maybe there's more to it. This couldn't all be coincidence. So we decided to go to a church nearby where eventually we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we learned how to pray. So we started praying for a family. And just two years later, my father-in-law was coming near to the end of his struggle with cancer that he had been battling for six years. And my husband, two weeks before he passed away, my husband was able to lead him to the Lord. We started seeing family members all asking questions and we were trying to live as a testimony to them. And then my father, who is, was a stubborn man, <clears throat> he's very, very stubborn. If anybody knows anybody like that, you know how that can be. He would argue with a stop sign just for amusement. 
So, <laughs> five days before he passed away, which was just three weeks ago, my dad called out to Jesus to save him. He did this in front of me, in front of my mom, and one of my four brothers. We tracked down Bob one day. We went to the Puyallup Fair, which is the biggest fair in Washington State. We didn't know he was there. We found him in the Gideon booth, faithfully giving out Bibles. And my husband says, could that be Bob? And I said, well, let's go ask him his name. And he's, I said, so, sir, can I ask you your name? And he says, my name's Bob Benoy. And we knew we found our angel. So we shared our story with him. He remembered the day. He remembered me. He remembered the park. He remembered being there with his wife. He remembered everything about it. And he has become a very fast friend of our families. Our families have joined and he, it's, it's been marvelous getting to know his daughters. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> the story is just one of wonderful mercy. And I have found through police reports after the fact that my son was shot exactly at 2.10 in the afternoon. The very moment that this book was placed in my hands was the very moment that the shooter pulled the trigger. God had my son in his hands. He knew what was going to happen, and he had that emergency team ready. He had a nest of folks to take care of him. He's been taking care of our family ever since, and one by one, our family members have all been coming to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And my father, being the most recent, now is in heaven. He has an eternal home. Told you. When I first heard this story, I didn't see the video. It was done at a presentation. And I thought to myself, wow, God has a plan for each and every one of us. No matter what we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter if we're saved or unsaved, God has a plan for us. <clears throat> God's perfect plan is always in action. First, Bob was there with a scripture and a message from God that he loves you and that he has everything under control. She did not know at the time what God had planned. Second, all the best army doctors assembled in one place on a Sunday. Third, there was a room full of believers that laid hands on her son and prayed for him before they started. God's plan was in full force that day, and it all came together. <clears throat> there is no other way that all these pieces were put together without God's divine intervention, and God's plan is always perfect. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says, As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it.
God uses all of us if we would just pay attention. He wants all of us to be put into his plans, into his action. We may never know that we were part of that plan. Bob would have never known what happened that day had the lady not tracked him down at that state fair and, and told him. Bob just listened to the Holy Spirit and did as he was guided. We have to be ready and willing to let God use us to help him save a lost world for his glory. Now last time I was here, I said something that I have to take back. I said that not everyone is called to be an evangelist. And for that, I'm sorry, because I was wrong. People have to be ready to tell other people the good news about Jesus anytime, anywhere. And all we have to do is be ready to let God use us. God and the Holy Spirit will be there to help you. Everybody's afraid of evangelizing people. Going up to people and they're afraid what they're going to say. Let's, let's try it this way for once. Go up to someone and say, hey, I have some very good news for you. I used to be lost to sin, destined to spend an eternity in a lake of fires. Then one day, someone gave me the greatest gift ever. They told me about this guy named Jesus, who died on a cross for my sins and the sins of the world, spent a couple of days in hell kicking the snot out of the devil, raising from the dead, and then coming back to life and told everyone, if you believe in me and confess your sins, repent and be baptized, you will spend eternity in heaven with me where there is no sickness, no pain, never any problems. That kind of makes it easy to share Christ with somebody if you just break it down. Last year in Mexico, a little bit more about God's perfect timing, not last year, but a couple of years ago when I was in Mexico, I got upset with some kids because we would hand them the Bibles, the Testaments that we were passing out, and they would throw them on the ground. And I went over to gather them back up, and one of the Gideons from Mexico said, no, leave them there. I said, but they're on the ground. He said, leave them there. Somebody is going to come by and find one of those scriptures and pick it up. You don't know what God's plan is for that scripture. And that was evident last year. I was helping the McHenry camp in McHenry, Illinois, with a college distribution. And there was the same thing, you know, the older you get, the smarter you think you are. And they didn't think they needed a testament. So one of them was thrown out a car window. And a young lady who was getting ready to commit suicide picked that Bible up. She didn't commit suicide. She turned her life over to the Lord. Romans 10 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me tell you a little plan that God came up with a little over a hundred years ago. 
It was God's plans for the Gideons. Gideon started uh, about 109 years ago now when two traveling salesmen met at a YMCA in Wisconsin. They got together and they would read Scripture with each other and they would pray with each other. Then they invited some more friends. And then some more friends. Then they decided that they should start helping other people find Jesus. So they started evangelizing the people, started passing out scriptures to the people that they led to Christ. And it started growing from there, and it's kept growing to what it is today. A ministry of over 200,000 men and over 100,000 women in over 200 different countries. We distribute Bibles in over 95 different languages, and yes, the Gideons have caught up with the 20th century, we have a Gideon Bible app. You can download it on your smartphone or on your Apple phone. But in there, there are many translations for the Bible, and it is in over a thousand different languages that you can get. So if you meet somebody from a different country and you're not sure how to talk to them, you just go to your app and say, okay, there it is, and just give it to them. You can have it. It's really cool. I love it. I listen to it every night before I go to sleep. Because you can actually have it read to you. You can get it in regular monotone, or you can actually have it in dramatic, which is pretty cool. All, the Gideons do this all for just one purpose. That's to help women, men, boys, and girls come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by leading them to Christ and passing out scriptures. Everybody thinks that we're the Bible ministry. Well, that's partially true, but our true core to ministry is to evangelize to others, and we use the Bibles as a means to do it. We've placed over 200, or 200, 2 billion copies of God's words in the hands of people so very hungry for the Lord. Last year alone, we passed out over 90 million, all by a bunch of business and professional men and their wives who volunteer their time and their money because they believe so strongly with the mission and the plan that God has called them to. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good plan to me that God placed on their hearts and our hearts over the years. Jesus gave us the plan as he was ascending into heaven. Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And this is the promise that I really like in this verse. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now we can all relate to some time or place in our lives when we've had what we call a close call. Not a close call. There are no coincidences. God's got a plan for all of us. Maybe it was when we got delayed. We were supposed to be somewhere at a certain time and we got delayed five or ten minutes and it really got us aggravated because we were going to be late. Only to find out later that there was a terrible accident there that if we were there on time, we might have been part of. Not an accident. Not a coincidence. God knew it. And He kept us safe. Them safe. God controls everything in our lives. But we have all received God's favor not expecting it, all because of God's plan. I'm going to give you a, oh, first Psalm 34, 19. 
The righteous person may have troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Now I'm going to share with you a couple of more testimonies to show you God's perfect plan in action. This one comes out of the Philippines. Rail, can you help me pronounce this word? You're the answer to our prayers. At, a near, at the near completion of our day's assignments during area blitz in western Pangasinan, whatever it is, it's in the Philippines, I told the team that the remaining new youth testaments would be good for the last village high school. We've finished distributing to the grade schools in the village, but we were not able to find a high school. So we proceeded to the next village where we found another high school. We waited for the principal administrator at her office because she was making rounds on the school premises. When she finally arrived, we introduced ourselves as members of the Gideons International and asked her permission to give New Testaments to the students and teachers of the school. She exclaimed with joy, You are the answer to our prayers. We've been praying so long that somebody would give us Bibles so that we would have books we can use for our values formation class. As they went room by room to distribute the New Testaments, the principal joyfully asked the students, what is it that we've been praying for for so long? And the students would emphatically shout, Bibles! We were able to give New Testaments to the, only to the third and fourth grade students because we didn't have enough scriptures for every student in the school. We pray to return and place New Testaments in the hands of the first and second year classes also. Our team was really amazed as to how the Lord works in answering prayers. He directed us to a school that was praying for Bibles by blinding our eyes so that we were not able to find the school we initially planned to visit. Really, God does control everything. He is the director and author of this ministry. We receive testimonies all the time from people all over the world in all different situations on how God touched them because the Gideon Bible was there. But that's not any credit for the Gideons because it's all God that's in control of placing them where He wants us to place them. He directs our feet, He directs our paths, and He tells us where to go, when to go, and how many to bring. Another story, this one comes out of Cleveland, Ohio. At the age of 10, living in the ghetto in Cleveland, I held a gun to my head. I was ready to fire a bullet and end my life. Fortunately for me, the gun had a hidden safety feature that I did not know about, and the gun would not fire. This boy was 10 years old. Now why would a 10-year-old boy want to die? The age of 10 should be filled with becoming dreams of becoming a football player, an astronaut, or an explorer, or a movie star. The boy wanted to die, but God had another plan for him also. He grew up, and now he's a pastor in the Cleveland area. I could stand here all night and tell you testimonies, which I'm going to tell you one more, but about how God's plan is always put into action. And again, we, we have to be ready to tell other people about Jesus and what He's done for us. Why wouldn't you want to tell somebody about the man that gave you eternal life? About the man who forgave all the stupid stuff you've done, no matter what it was, no matter how big or small you think it is, God doesn't care. He just wipes it out like it's not even there anymore. 
why wouldn't we want to tell other people about Jesus? Gideons do it, like I said, through evangelizing and passing out scriptures. But everybody can be an evangelist. People are watching everything that we do. They want to know what we know. They want to know why we don't get upset when we got problems. They want to know what makes us tick. Tell them. Just tell them. Tell them what's going on in your life. Tell them what's going on in your heart. They will be eternally grateful. This story was told by Robert W., a Florida Gideon, and by the pastor of an evangelical Christian Baptist church in Siberia. Don't ask me why I picked the ones tonight with the really hard words in them. Several years ago, a hungry Nets, Nenets fisherman left the town of Kesha on the Yamal Peninsula in Siberia. The Nenets are hunters and fishermen who live on the Siberian tundra. This Nenet man went looking for food and he prayed to any god who might hear him asking for a sign. Not long after he finished his prayer, a Bible fell from the sky and landed near him. He went back into town with this copy of God's Word saying, I have received a sign. Today he is part of a church where are 30 Nenet Christians. What the villager did not know is that a helicopter had flown from Salikahard the day he got his sign. In the helicopter were two government officials bringing relief aid to the needy locals. As they flew, they sorted through the cargo. One said to the other, the cans of food are good. Well, what do we need with these books? So they began throwing the Gideon scriptures out the window. It may have been a miracle of God that the Bible fell beside that fisherman, but it was an act of obedience to put the Bibles on the helicopters in the first place. Christians paid money to have those scriptures printed. They paid to have them delivered to Siberia. Others were praying that the gospel would find good soil among the Nenets people. And God used their faithfulness, their commitment to his mission, and their love for the Nenets people to perform this miracle. Again, remember, God's plan is perfect. Be ready to let go and let God. Um, how many, well, no, I'm not going to ask that question. If you've never led a person to the Lord, let me tell you, walk on about four feet off the ground for a little bit because you're excited that you were able to share somebody. I led my best friend to the Lord before he died of cancer. And he was a strong atheist. But every day I would come to his house when I'd get off work and I would pray. He was like my big brother and I would pray with him, pray at him, but mostly until the end. But so God does have a plan for us. And it, again, you may not never know that God used you until you get to heaven. And then they'll all be lined up to thank you for taking that little time to share God with them. Please continue to pray for the Gideons that we can continue to do the work that God has called us to. And like uh, Jeff said, we're gonna, they're gonna, you guys are taking up an offering for the Gideons. 100% of the gifts that we receive from churches go to purchase the Bibles. All the other uh, expenses associated with the Gideons are because we have dues and our personal giving. Not one dime goes to anything but Bibles that we collect from other people. And if any of you men would like more information on becoming a Gideon, see me after the service. I would love to talk to you about it.
Penny knows how much I love the Gideons. <laughs> and thanks for letting me share with you tonight. Well, thanks, Bill. Um, it's it's a awesome ministry that the Gideons do. Uh, I remember when I used to travel a lot. Um, there was one particular trip that um, I was kind of feeling low and everything, and you know, you open up the nightstand, and there it is. And you know, and I bet I wasn't the only one that does that. So it's a beautiful ministry. I know they're in the jails. Um, they're on college campuses. They're uh, in various places around our, our world um, where they, they provide the, the word of God uh, to the people that desperately need it. So thank you very much. Uh, there's a couple ways that we can do that. Um, I'm going to ask the ushers to kind of take up a, a, an offering tonight. Uh, everyone should have got one of these pamphlets in their uh, bulletins or shortly thereafter. Uh, there's various ways that you can give to the, the Gideons. Uh, you can even put it on your credit card. You could have it deducted monthly, yearly, or just a one-time gift. Uh, if you're not prepared to do that tonight, uh, there is an envelope that you can actually put your donation and send it to the Gideons. And it'll be uh, used, uh, like Bill said, to spread the, the word of God around the world. So thank you, Bill. Thank you again. I'm going to move this. Actually, Lauren's gone tonight, and Sarah's in Texas. So I'm, uh, like, doing this also. So um, something that we've done here at New Life uh, for quite some time is Mark, uh, Mark adapted a prayer, and it's the prayer of New Life. And it's by Lawrence Hall Stuckey. And we're uh, going to print it in the bulletin. We're going to continue to pray it because uh, prayer is another thing that's important in, in our life. And that's uh, somebody called prayer like the telescope. You know how you've got all these stars out there and you pray and the telescope actually finds God um, when, when you pray. Because it, what it does is it, focus you, it focuses you on the one that's important your creator. So we're going to pray this prayer. Um, join with me as we pray. God of the ages, our rock and salvation, look with favor at New Life United Methodist Church. Cause our congregation to be an effective witness to your love, your power. To this end, banish from us pettiness and rivalry speaking ill of one another, seeking to serve ourselves rather than you. Guide the leaders of this congregation, those disciples who claim part in the ministry. Church, we pray all people that we may help each other grow in your faith and grow as a community, one body guided by your will. Bind us together by your love and cause us to know ourselves to be a people called out of darkness 
into your marvelous light. We ask this, Father, through Christ, the head of the church, and through the Holy Spirit, that we may be of one heart, mind, and soul. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I have to find the cursor when I do this. So um, now it's uh, time that we do our offering uh, for the work of New Life um, uh, and our ministries. Uh, the Paper Angel Closet um, is coming up. Uh, I know we do need um, uh, paper towels, uh, tissue paper, Kleenex, Ladies' deodorants and paper towels and paper towels. I know we only had like four rolls left when I was there. Um, my suggestion is you can bring them here and we can find room in our storage room to store them and take them that week of, uh, you know, to do the boxes. We do the paper angel closet the second Thursday of the month. So it'll be July... That's 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 13th? It would be July 13th, right? Would be the second Thursday. Who's got a calendar? Nobody's got a calendar. July. 13th, man. <laughs> so July 13th will be our next Paper Angel Closet. So July 8th would be a Saturday before that, and we can collect and then take it over there and uh, assemble the boxes that we have. Uh, we won't be doing so much with the schools since school's out, uh, but one body, I'm sure, will have, have, um, have those, uh, those appointments set for us. Yes? Absolutely, you know, and even gift cards. I mean, give Okay. I actually met with Kung Su Tuesday, and he's very excited about being here. So, or Wednesday. He was here Wednesday uh, in town. So, um, um, Thank goodness. And he actually came over Wednesday, so he got to see our mess <laughs> that um, he's walking into, and we've kind of lived through this time. But look forward to, like, July 10th, because everything would be kind of the new normal. So there won't be, there won't be scaffolding. There won't be tarps on the floor. There won't be buckets of who knows what's in a bucket. So um, thank goodness for that. Now comes a time in our service where uh, prayers of the people. And uh, what I'll do is I'll start with a prayer and I'll kind of open it up if there's prayers among us. And our response uh, with that, I'll say, Lord, in your mercy, 
and your response will be our prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us gather and worship uh, your name. Thank you for the Gideons and Bill and his ministry uh, of, to evangelize your name uh, with your holy scriptures uh, throughout the world. Uh, continue to be with our time tonight uh, that we can praise and honor you. Uh, now we lift up prayers among us uh, as we call them out. Um, uh, I will say, Lord, in your mercy, and our response will be, hear our prayers. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Travel mercies for mission crews coming from uh, this week, uh, Allison Park, Pennsylvania, and uh, Bonfield, Illinois. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, as we gather here today, we, we hold up especially our congregation as we go through transitions, transitions of a new pastor, uh, transitions with this building, uh, even the transitions among ourselves um, as we enter a time of excitement, anticipation, but also of, of maybe a little nervousness and uh, trepidation of what the future may hold. Uh, we always know that you're with us. Lord, in your mercy. We hold those uh, that who are suffering and that are in trouble um, all around us, whether it's a family member or a neighbor uh, or anyone in our community, uh, doing work in, in the city and in some of the areas that we worked in um, yesterday. Uh, we were at a community center where we saw little children celebrating Father's Day, and many of them didn't have fathers uh, through uh, acts of violence or uh, just abandonment. So, uh, Lord, in your mercy. We pray for concerns in our local community, uh, whether it's uh, uh, poverty or financial needs or um, uh, just road construction, that everyone stays safe uh, uh, on our roads with all the barricades and everything like that. And with, uh, uh, with school out, there's more children out playing and riding their bikes that uh, we can keep an eye on to keep them safe. Lord, in your mercy. Uh, we pray for this world, its people, and our leaders as they, they navigate the, the, our troubling times that we, we are enduring in, in our world today. We pray for their wisdom. We pray for um, your guidance in their decisions and in their actions. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the church universal, its leaders, its members, its mission as... Um, we, we enter a time when uh, the, your name and the, the good news that uh, uh, you proclaim through the sending your son to, to, to preach and teach and also die and uh, um, uh, be, resurrect, 
be resurrected um, in your name. Um, Lord, in your mercy. We also pray for the communion of saints, uh, all those that have gone on before us and all those who will go before us, um, that uh, we will continue uh, to preach your name uh, to all nations. Lord, in your mercy. Again, let us continue to pray that uh, we praise and honor your name um, tonight um, in our worship and in our gifts and our offerings in the music and the song and the words of uh, uh, meditation. Lord, in your mercy. Let us all... Um, um, Be in an attitude of moment and of silence. Amen. We now enter a portion of our service. Um, it's a it's a sacrament, and in the United Methodist Church, we have. Um, two sacraments in the Catholic tradition they have like 13 you know marriage is a sacrament um, confession is a sacrament in, in the Catholic tradition but we there are two particular um, sacraments in the United Methodist Church that are uh, presided over elders and I was talking a little bit about this with my wife that um, Usually an elder has to provide, uh, preside over these two sacraments. One is Holy Communion, and the other is Baptism. And the reason it's an elder, and Mark has kind of told that before, is the order of the elders actually goes all the way back to the Apostle Peter, where he gave a blessing on the sacraments, the communion that we partake of tonight, and also of baptism. And that tradition, all through the order of the elders, goes on to today. Now, we're going to share in Holy uh, Communion. And actually, I went over to Don Dexheimer's house this afternoon, and we prayed the prayer. Um, we're on the night before Jesus died. He gathered with disciples in a room called the Upper Room. And some scriptures say that he started out and he washed their feet. You know, he walked in and... They knew who he was, and it kind of it would have been really weird to be a disciple and get your feet washed by Jesus, wouldn't it? But he washed their feet, and then they sat before a table, and the tables were about this high, and they didn't have chairs like this. They actually lounged on the floor, so they kind of laid down, and the table was actually U-shaped. It wasn't anything like this. It was U-shaped. So imagine 12 people in Jesus at this table. And they say Judas, the one who betrayed him, was directly across from Jesus. So Jesus would look him, look him straight in the eye. Because Jesus knew he was going to betray him. But as they gather at this table, they, they Jesus said that, you know, this is, the this is my body, the bread. And he broke it. And he says, that's broken for you.
and then he raised the cup. And in those days, it was wine. Um, and some people say it was actually water, and Jesus turned it into wine. But he said, this is the blood that is shed for you. Now, Christ our Lord invites us to this table, all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Let us share a time in silent confession before God. Amen. Now, let us join our hearts in prayer, remembering that God has done through us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Holy God, we give you our thanks and praise, for you have created all that is. You have remained steadfast in your love for us, even when our love failed. Your salvation became known and mediated to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord, by his suffering, death, and resurrection. Now, as we share this consecrated bread and cup, remembering how Christ gave his body and blood for us, May your Holy Spirit be with us, empowering us to live as your people, the body of Christ, in and for this world. All honor and glory be yours, Almighty Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your Holy Church, now and forever. Now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray, if you know it, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This has been a recording of New Life Ministry. Learn more about us at www.findnewlifeumc.org and connect with us through our newsletter, Facebook, or Twitter. If you like what you heard, like our podcast on iTunes or Google Play and share it with your friends. Also consider supporting our paper angel closet, which provides toiletries and personal care items to homeless and at-risk youth, foster families and children, the families of those diagnosed with cancer, refugee families, and families in need in our community. You can donate online or drop off items at New Life UMC, 8301 Mitchell Road, McChesney Park, Illinois, 61015. Worship is every Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. Until next week, live knowing that you are a beloved child of God. Challenge yourself to share that love with all those you meet wherever you go. And realize that with the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ's body of the church, you can make a difference in your community and the world. Amen.